Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to A Serious Disagreement, the only podcast on the Antipodean interwebs that discusses digital, versatile disc culture and its evolution into the Blu-ray disc. I know it's not grammatically spelt correctly, but it is a Blu-ray disc culture nonetheless. I am one half of the show, Mr. Blake Howard. Normally, we have the beautiful the Greek god himself, Alexi Toliopoulos, across from me. However, Alexi has been pushed aside because I've gotten a pal from Desert Storm. Of course, he was on the other side. Mr. Lee Zachariah. That's right. Hell is for hyphen. It's King Lee Zachariah joining me on a very, very special episode to talk about Plumeria's pictures and film stories. First Blu-ray special edition release of mutually one of our favorite films of all time, Phil Alden Robinson's Sneakers, Lee Zachariah. Welcome to a Serious Disagreement. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm, uh, I'm sorry I, that the Greek god had to get uh, pushed out by the uh, Jewish imp, but, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm honored to be here. And frankly, if anyone is talking about sneakers anywhere in the world, I will usually elbow my way into the podcast. So I'm, I'm just grateful you, you ask. Well... You're a friend of all of our shows, so thank you so much uh, for once again being a part of the nonsense that I create <laughs> online and in uh, in audio form. You're one of the rare people that I knew who would immediately see this and just go, holy shit. Not only is it amazing to see Sneakers get a Blu-ray release, but to see it released with firstly an independent label, Secondly, with such profound care, there's kind of like, besides us that are in Australia, there's kind of about three or four other people in the world that I can personally think of who are like equal, if not more sneaker fans or sneaker heads than us. One of the other most incredible fans of sneakers that exists in the world is the incredible film critic Priscilla Page, who I'm a huge fan of. Shout out to Priscilla. She's actually working on this as well. And Isaac Butler, who I was lucky enough to chat to on all the President's Minutes podcast that we did from One Heat Minute Productions, who is one of the hosts of the working podcast for Slate, who I want to say about a year ago, covered extensively in this wonderful conversation with director and co-writer Phil Adam Robinson, just like the history of sneakers, how it gestated. So it just feels like all the right ingredients for this were put in. And so when you receive this glorious slipcover that is just scrabble pieces that say too many secrets, it, it, it is just so special. You turn it over. It says my voice is my passport. Verify me. I mean, God, this movie rules. And if there was anyone that I would be, could not be happier that was doing it. It is all the people who are involved to make it. Why is sneakers such an obsessively awesome rewatchable thing, Lee Zachariah. This is something I think about a lot because it is it is my go-to comfort film, probably above all others. Um, and I would say it's extremely high for me too. Extreme yeah. high rewatch value. But like, it's an interesting very, one, isn't it? Very hard. Because it feels like, you, if you describe this film to someone, it kind of feels like a really kind of middle-of-the-road three-star 90s thriller where... You know, you forget about it as soon as it's done. That's what it sounds like, and it kind of should be that. And yeah. 
But it's not. It's like, it's one of those things where if you take any type of film whatsoever and you just happen to accidentally make every element of it perfect, you make a great <laughs> film in a genre where greatness does not usually reside. And, and, and there's something, and I think there's something about that. There's something in that where if you see a, you know, let's say a Paul Thomas Anderson film, say a Robert yes. Altman film, you, you go, you go to one, one of the masters and you expect greatness. They, they work in the realm of greatness and they make films that feel great going in and, and you kind of, as much as you love them, you know that there is that sort of shared cultural moment that you're having. But with sneakers, and I had this growing up, I discovered, this is long before the internet, I discovered it at my video store, watched it, showed it to my friends, and was like, oh my God, this film's incredible. And just watched it and watched it and watched it and bought my own VHS. And as soon as I got a DVD player, I bought it on DVD. You know, I just kept buying yeah. it over and over and convinced that I was the only one who knew about this film. And so one of, one of the interesting things the last few years has been discovering that other people love it as well and uh, I actually the reason I followed Priscilla on Twitter was I saw her tweeting about sneakers and I was like oh my god there's someone else out there who loves it as much as I do and then after following her for a while I'm like oh maybe she loves it more and I don't know how I feel about that Um, it's 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 an odd sensation because because there's that thing of like when you meet when you know, like we have a lot of friends in common and it's a nice feeling that when you meet a friend who and you share a friend you're like oh we have that in common that's nice that we're all friends but you if you met someone at random and you found out that they were dating your partner you you wouldn't feel that like oh i get that you love them and you feel the same way about them that i do but i thought we were in this exclusive thing and I feel a little uncomfortable about that and i thought i was you've been in having you've been leading an exclusive relationship with sneakers yeah. until the internet made you aware of more Just of us out there. Just a few years ago. And, and it's been, and it's actually taken, like, I'm kind of joking, but I'm also kind of not that I'm kind of trying to get used I, to the idea that other people really love it. It's nice. It's nice. It, I totally get where you're coming from. I, so, I, I saw this film. I can say where. I saw it at Hurstville, which, what I think was then Village Roadshow Cinemas, now as Event Cinemas in Australia. I think it was Village. When it was released at like Christmas time or whatever it was, like 92, 3, around the time that it came out. And I went and I went with my dad. And I remember him taking me to this movie because these are all his guys. Redford, Ackroyd, like Poitier, Kingsley. And we saw it in the cinema. And I remember like it indelibly impressed me then. We were the kind of, you know, like, you know, obviously there's a statute of limitations. We were the kind of family that would take a video VHS home, double tape that bitch if it was something that we loved and we would have it in our own collection. Okay, video easy. I'm sorry, but we would do that before you could like handily get things in Australia or like buy it on VHS. So we had a dodgy VHS, then obviously had it on VHS. I've still got the, um, the sneakers DVD in my collection. I've got it. I think on a US iTunes account and an Australian iTunes account before it was like there, like I've got, um, and I'm the same. And I, I've watched this movie countless times. It is so funny. It is so impeccably made. The script is perfect. The score from James Horner is something that's so haunting. And like, occasionally I'm just like, I don't know about you, but like when I'm writing sometimes, like when I'm, I can't, I can't do with dialogue, people talking when I'm writing something creative or doing an assignment or something like that. So I'm like, nah, got to go and do something else and find the James Horner score for sneakers and listen yep. to it on YouTube. 
Oh, totally. And, I, I listened to that while I'm writing and it, and it got to the point where I had to buy other James Horner scores just so yeah. I wouldn't keep listening to sneakers over and over again. <laughs> There's no, look, you're, you're talking to the guy who did One Heat Minute. I'm not against something over and over again, ever, if it brings you constant joy. But I just, I, I completely agree. It has all these elements, you know, uh, you know, a heist movie, Dirty Dozen kind of vibe was how it was pitched. It's mentioned a few times in the commentary tracks and with interviews on the on the disc. But I just, like you, you, you nailed it. Everything is perfect. Not one thing. Everything. Every actor. Every decision. Every piece of scripting. Like, just having Strathan as Whistler and Dan Aykroyd as Mother and, like, Sidney Poitier being able to bounce like um, Sidney Poitier being able to bounce off Robert Redford. And there's just something about the baggage of it doesn't matter if it's Martin Bishop. And it really doesn't matter if it's like, um, it really doesn't matter if it's, it's crease. It's these guys who've got so much Hollywood history that are in this movie that feels like it's very fleeting and fun, but it just seems, everything just seems to pack both a hilarious punch and a level of poignancy that just so many other movies that are trying to be poignant just don't nail. And I I just can't get enough of it. It's great. It's funny. It's rewatchable. And, you know, in the spirit of a serious disagreement, you, you know, what you want from your very favorite releases when I get, you know, a, a Blu-ray treatment or an ultra high definition treatment is like the ability to exhaust every single special feature and consume it and be like completely ravenous maybe even for more there are three great commentary tracks in a really rad awesome sneakers appropriate menu for the show yes um, i, I the, love the, the eight bit approach the eight bit approach to the menu you've got commentary tracks from simon brew and james morin who's a filmmaker um behind cockneys versus zombies simon brew obviously with film stories you've got phil adam robinson and um the um uh uh the director of photography, I'll just bring up his name, um, who are the people who do the one other commentary. And then you've got Priscilla Page, who does another commentary um, track for that. And then after that, um, and sorry, the the um, cinematographer, John Lindley, is the director of photography for the film. He's in the uh, the Phil Allen Robinson commentary. And then you've got Simon Brew interviewing Phil Allen Robinson. And, I've, and that, I've that interview sat- is fantastic. Oh, it, that it's 45 like, minutes and it feels like it goes by in a flash because everything he says, you just want him to keep going. Like he covers so much. He's like, not just like the, the writing, the things he reveals about the writing and, the, and the, the way they wrote this film could be a film in itself. It's just the years they spent and the way they approached the draft. Like it's, it, it's, it's less surprising that the film turned out so well when you look at how much work they put into making sure they had the best version of that film. The script it's, it's the most heartening story about the best possible version of an idea that I've ever heard a story about. And you get it in the working podcast with Isaac Butler and the guys at Slate, but it's so crazy. So if you haven't heard, I'm not spoiling too much here because it's in a couple of different things, but Phil Adam Robinson, Lauren Lasker, uh, Lawrence Lasker and Walter F. Parks, you would know maybe if you're listening to this Lasker and Parks because, um, they both wrote the original Red Dawn. And so as part of the Red Dawn thing and, you know, the, you know, the Star Wars and, oh, sorry, not Red Dawn, rather, uh, War Games. They wrote the original War Games. Um, so with that whole idea of like War Games and simulations that are being used for military operations and all that sort of thing, 
they they became interested in like the concept of sneakers and they kind of they kind of stumbled across them which are the which is a real profession people who test the security of different you know maybe it's a some kind of electronics firm let, let, maybe let's it's let's say it like the bank teller says it people hire you to break into their places <laughs> to make sure nobody can break into their places <laughs> Not a very good one. Sorry, I just keep going. No, I, yeah. no it's, it, it's, but it's such a perfect thing. And they spent the better part of a decade extensively both reading research, interviews, going to weird back alley conventions in San Francisco, writing this story at a macro, micro level, and like literally thought of every conceivable way to write this story for it to work. And then spent like a decade making it happen and then went yeah okay this is the only way and it goes through all this tumult of like actors ages of characters what scope is going to happen where is it going to go to even as far as like where are we going to start the movie um it's a brilliant story and it's like it's a it's miraculous but it's it's heartening because it's like if you ever had a movie in you and I'm speaking to a person who's got some short films in them and some scripts and probably many scripts under the bed um but it's like it's so cool to think, you know, I've, I've got this idea and I, it's not quite here yet, but I'm just going to toil at it and tinker with it and mess with it. And also it's one of those great stories about a, a trio of people working together and the alchemy of disagreement and discourse and dialogue to get an idea down to this like insanely tough, strong, powerful, focused thing. So yeah, it's an extremely impressive story and just such a like, Oh man, I, I can't I can't get enough of him talking. I, I've listened to that slate podcast like five times because I'm like you. I'm like, sneakers, more sneakers, tell me about it. I want to know everything. I want to know every story. Absolutely. Well, so I've always wondered why I mean I, I kind of know why Phil Alden Robinson isn't as big as I think he deserves to be, and it's you know, because it's not a prolific filmography, uh, for one. But I think he's, you know, I've always thought there was something incredibly magical about him. But, you know, in a culture obsessed with auteurs, and obviously you and I are guilty of this, what the way he describes putting this film together is so collaborative to the, to the point mm. where he, you know, and without giving too much away, he didn't want to direct it. He was like, oh, I don't need to direct it. I've written it. And you're like, and yeah, it's, I'm so glad That's that he a, did. But the idea, like the idea with how deftly directed it is, the idea that he just let it be something like, for example, you know, 1984, he wrote all of me. This is where he meets uh, Lasker and Parks. All of me is directed by Carl Reiner. I mean, a God and a King. Right. And so when you're handing over your hilarious comedy script to Carl Reiner to direct Steve Martin and Lily Tomlin, it's fine. Like I can totally get something being if, if you've ever thought that it was possible something was going to go well, that is like, there you go. That's good. That's perfect. But yeah, I can't imagine it. And what's so hilarious is um, it was actually the, like his two co-writers um, being, being Alaska and Parks being like, you have to direct. What are you talking about? Like you, you can't give this up. Like we need, you're the guy like, crafted this whole story you know exactly what we're going for why would we hand this over to someone else to direct like you've got it and it's yeah it's just i mean maybe that's the thing is like um 
part of the auto, you know, auto theorists like your or prescri prescribers to the auto theory or the concept of an auteur is every auteur usually has their fingerprints on everything or is the complete and utter expert and oracle and the final buck stops here person that has the answer for why every character is like they are and why every decision is this and why every segment has to be like this and why every you know employment is this and where your history came from and what you're wearing in any given scene and it just feels like this decade that it took these guys to build this together as soon as Phil like took the director's chair I was like there's no one who knows this world better than any of these guys and he's like the, just like the captain of this team that has been collaborating to build this yeah absolutely and it's you know it's just it's just a treat to be able to hear him talk about it and he's so yeah. he he seems like someone who's brilliant but but quite humble and someone you would actually really enjoy hanging out with like you 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 immediately vibe with the wavelength he's on he's very uh he, he's now someone I, really, I would really love to meet um and yeah and i, I i'm dying to listen uh to his commentary track i should say it, it, what's interesting about this is I only just bought the American Blu-ray earlier this year. I, yeah. I, I ordered it. And when this one was announced, I was like, oh, I'm a pretty big fan of this film, but do I need two Blu-rays? And I got to admit, I was suckered in by the slipcase with too many secrets on. But, um, <laughs> but it, is, it is great. Like I actually did a bit of a comparison between the two. And they're both like, I think it's the transfers are, are the same. And so it's both like, yeah, really beautiful, um, you know, HD versions of the of the print, but I'm really glad I got this new version for that 45-minute um, Phil Eldon Robinson chat that sort of updates, you know, him looking back on the making of the film. Um, but also, yeah, those two commentary tracks I can't wait to hear. You know, Priscilla is, you know, does seem to be the biggest Sneakers fan in the world. And um, Simon Definitely. Brew, as you say, you know, he's, he's all over this. And James Moran, I've been a fan of his writing uh, for years. And uh, and it was yeah quite a surprise because I know him mostly from the world of you know Doctor Who, yes. Um, and uh, and so I'm I can't wait to hear what he has to say about it. So yeah, I'm really keen to dig into these commentary tracks. And I've sort of drifted away from commentaries a bit the last few years. I don't know if there was just they were a novelty at first and then, you know. But uh, I I absolutely cannot wait to listen to all three of these commentaries. Yeah, I mean commentary tracks are such a wild and wonderful ride. Like what and and what is so cool about um you know, sort of diving into some of these and, and wanting to dive into them again is like, there's great different personalities. Like the Simon Brew Moran chat is like, it's like a film, a live film stories podcast almost because you've got Simon talking and taking digressions and, you know, having his like encyclopedic knowledge of film productions. And then James like going into the more technical, um, you know, the, the actual craft of like how, like marveling at the craft of how they structure every single element of this. And he's like, I don't, I, he's like, I honestly don't think you could remove a minute of this entire film. It's one of the things that you, and, and, and sustain the same thing. He goes, it's so minimalistic, but it's so powerful the way that it's all structured. Um, but yeah, I agree. Like sneakers amongst uh, probably 10 films. I'll buy every version. Like, like I've got, I've got every heat, every version of heat, except the VHS these days, you know, I've got like, multiple versions on dvd like warner brothers dvd warner brothers blu-ray the fox blu-ray you know when they do an ultra high definition that's coming and so sneakers was always going to be high on my list i'm just i'm just thrilled that it it gets this and like you said if you want to grab me 
you're going to do, if you do a, too many secret slipcase, I'm yours, baby. Like it's all over. Like I'm, I'm gonna, I'm totally going to buy this. Um, and yeah, look, it's just a special movie. If you've never seen it, um, I'm not sure. Cause this plumeria pictures release, this film stories release was in fact the limited run. I'm not sure if they're sold out. And if they are, I'm not sure when they're going to pick it up again. And I'm sure if you follow Simon Brewer film stories, I'll let you know. And hopefully um, touch wood for these guys that they've sold everything out internationally with Lee and I have seen them sent all around the world. We received them around the same time. We I only bought pre-order. 500 copies. So there should be another. <laughs> About a thousand and myself. And nine, yeah. 999 to go. Yeah. But, um, but, but no, it's, it's a real treat. It's a real treat talking to you about sneakers. Um, and, you know, I think if there's one thing that you know about me is that I have a good sense of movies that maintain their power or increase in their power and influence um, that maintain their watchability. And I just think if you've never seen Sneakers, I've been watching this movie since 1992 and I've never for one second been bored of it, been sick of it. In fact, I constantly yearn for like, how can a movie be so good? Like, can we make more movies that are just as good and as well-made as Sneakers? By the way, uh, uh, there was a, a woman I work with and I hadn't known her that long because she'd only just recently started and she, was, she said, uh, I, I really want to watch the film tonight, um, but I don't know what. Uh, can you recommend anything? Now, normally what I do is I say, well, what type of films do you like? What don't you like? What have you seen? Give me, give me a rough taste. <laughs> but I didn't have a lot of time. So what I did was I said, sneakers. <laughs> like literally without knowing anything about a movie taste, I said sneakers. And the next week she came in and went, oh, thank you. That film was so good. That was such a good recommendation. I said, yeah, I'm never going to nail it that well again. That's going to be the one. That uh, there is, That's such a funny thing is because I had a colleague at a job that I'm doing um, now who's like, would you recommend your podcast to me and the team? And I was like, ah, maybe. <laughs> I was like, how much do you like movies? Like, do you really like them? And, and do, do you really, really like them? Or, or are you a passive liker of movies? Cause my kind of, the, the kind of films that we discuss, but a serious disagreement, we're just snapshots. We're praising the physical media. Um, and you know, it's weird to get a weird and wonderful cross section of both director, writer, commentary, supreme fan commentary and then like other admirer commentaries all in one so um bravo to the guys who put this together um you cheeky bastards how dare you not tell us before it was just released so that lee and i had to panic click to make sure that we acquired one of the pre-orders um but look man thank you so much for chatting to me on a serious disagreement i always love chatting to you thank you for your recent appearances um, that have been sprinkled through most recently in zodiac chronicle um, with only sky thank you and in the second last episode that we released sharing your theory of uh, jake gyllenhaal as the key sociopath in zodiac rather than the zodiac killer which i love lee zachariah you're simply one of my favorite people in the whole world and one of the greatest podcasters in this country and i love you and you're the best and thank you for doing the show thank you man i love you too and like to i i have to say from a hazier leech to o beard walk <laughs> yes instead of prepping i did just try and anagram both of our names um yeah no thank you thank you for asking me to talk about this film because it means so much to me and yeah i just always love chatting to you
Hi, this is Blake Howard, host and producer of One Heat Minute Productions podcast. We dive into the great and underappreciated cinematic works, often one minute or one scene at a time. Our crew of guests are some of the most wonderful filmmakers, writers, authors, and critics ever assembled. Our shows include One Heat Minute, Josie and the Podcats, All the President's Minutes, Increment Vice, and right now, Zodiac Chronicle. Check out oneheatminute.com or find us wherever you get your podcasts. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.